Yes, and I've enjoyed both. Episode number 14 of Unrelenting. I guess we are old enough for Jeffrey Epstein now. Almost, Gene. Ah, that's some good Sanka. Good Sanka? Do people still drink that instant coffee? I, I have no idea. It's the only one I remembered. Mm, Taster's Choice. Wasn't that one too? Was that was that the one that was doing the... <sighs> then there was Good to the Last Drop. That was Maxwell. Oh, and House. then I remember uh, the Sansea burps that Adam used to do. Welcome to We Talk About Coffee Advertising. Yes, it's yes. It's a brand new podcast concept. That's all we talk about. Don't really drink coffee these days. But, I do. Uh, For the caffeine only. Do you drink the Sanka or what do you prefer? No, K-Cups pretty much because I hate the environment. Ah, that and makes I'm, a lot of sense actually. And I'm lazy. I mean, I have a couple different French presses and I agree that the quality of coffee is better there, but it's more of a pain and I'm usually mm. just quick. For me, it is just about the caffeine because I quit caffeine once and then had a major migraine. So it's like at least every day I need a couple cups of coffee. You know, if you quit caffeine and don't restart caffeine, there are no more migraines. That is not true. The worst migraine I ever had was after I quit caffeine and it was a good eight to 10 weeks into quitting caffeine. So it wasn't like it was fresh on it because I was expecting that, you know, in the Mm -hmm. first few days. And my doctor's like, yeah, you know, you should probably have at least one or two and that will help. I guess some people, obviously caffeine can trigger it in some people. Is this the same doctor that told your dad to take probiotics indefinitely? No, that was a different one. Okay, just checking because it sounds like the same theory. No, it's not not quite the uh, same theory, but. uh, Yes. Oh, your head hurts. Yeah, clearly, clearly your blood pressure is way too low. Right. So you want to do this and that. You want to crank it up. You should. You know what? If you get tired of drinking coffee, you should get some crack. Crack cocaine? That works. And you only need to do that once a day in the morning and you're set for the whole day. Wow, that's much more convenient. The blood pressure will just shoot straight up to 180 over 120. I don't mind green tea. I enjoy green tea as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't have caffeine in it. It has very little, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. I need a, just a nice little boost. Get it in. Get it done. So what you need is like a chai latte Ooh. with like a shot or two of espresso. Go over to Starbucks. That would be like fourteen ninety five. <laughs> that is absolutely right. You know, yeah. it's the extra shots they get you. But I'm Darren O'Neill as you know, we, I guess we should let. Oh, yeah. Know I'm, I'm Sir Gene. What they're uh, listening for, to here. For those of you that don't already know. Some do and some don't. Yeah. I know John C. Dvorak's always like, wow, these people don't say who they are when they're doing podcasts. And well, I, that's that's because he gets a fresh audience every show. And that's not everybody has that. No, not, but I see. I get it. If you're running like our show will run on the no agenda stream, then people might not know what it is. But yeah, 99 percent of the people that listen. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows you. I don't think it's an issue. They can tell by your voice. They do not confuse our two voices. So, no, no. And did you notice my voice is back to its normal register? Yes, you've dropped back down. So that must mean you're <laughs> yeah. feeling healthier. Healthy, healthy as hell. Um, I'd say maybe once every three, four hours, I might cough a little bit, but that's about it. So everything's gotten nice 
nice and cleared out. You're not walking yeah. across the room and then gasping for air. And no, 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 I can go up and down stairs. No issues at all. Everything's pretty much back to normal. That is good. Clear. I'll out. tell you, there is a downside to the normal too. Which is you, you remember how during the COVIDs I was not hungry at all. Yes, you said you dropped like twenty mm, pounds. Yeah, a like week. twenty twenty. Well, I was two weeks, but twenty pounds in two weeks. Well, I never lost my taste buds, but I did lose my appetite, and my appetite is back to normal. So you had like thirteen large pizzas for dinner. I actually haven't eaten yet today, um, but uh, I will. Like I had a oh, dozen eggs yesterday. You know, that sounds like a lot, but it's not. Every morning, although I split it with my wife, I mean, we make a six-egg omelet, and that's about an average size omelet. So saying you had a dozen eggs. It's like two of those. It's not horrible. No, it's not. It's really not horrible, if you think about it. But, I mean, I had that for breakfast. And And that's protein, um, baby. That is. It's mostly protein and cholesterol. So both very good things for you. You had to re-regulate your system. Yeah, so I guess in that regard, maybe um, my food intake interest, I don't know what to even call it, will slow down a little bit. But here's the interesting thing. Because for several weeks, I ate maybe like, uh, you know, one banana or one egg per day. Yeah, which is uh, crazy. I which mean, is, is all I really, like, had any desire to eat. So I wasn't trying to force myself to eat, nor was I trying to force myself to starve. So I was just like, if I'm hungry, I'll eat. And it just so happened that one bananas, I would, I would eat like half a banana, put it in the fridge and then eat the other half, maybe six hours later. And I was done. Um, but so what happened in those two weeks is the size of my, uh, stomach has shrunk. That will happen. That's called losing weight. No, no, no. I don't mean like the, uh, circumference around my waist. Oh, which, actual- which also went down, but my actual stomach shrunk. And so. When my, when my interest in food came back, when my, uh, you know, my, my back to normal healthy appetite returned, what I found is I can't eat the same quantities or anywhere near the same quantities that I did in the past. Interesting. So, yeah, it's, it, well, I guess it makes sense if you think about it, but what ended up happening is I would then think, oh man, you know, I haven't had mashed potatoes for a long time so i made some mashed potatoes the real way with lots of butter and lots of uh um uh what do you call them uh cream in there cream and butter both nice rich mashed potatoes and then i fry them which makes them taste (laughs) even better wait how do you okay so you fry them into like a potato pancake is that word yeah 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 that's a good way of putting it not even so much a pancake is more like a potato hamburger interesting yeah, you've never done that? No, I haven't. Yeah, because what it does is it adds a nice fried potato flavor to the uh, mashed potatoes. And uh, so I did that and made like, I don't know, five of these little, you know, burger sized patties of mashed potatoes. And then I ate like half of one and I started noticing my stomach was full. I was like, God damn it. So I forced myself to eat a whole one. You're trying to stretch the stomach back out. <clears throat> well, I mean, you got it, right? So I I did that, and and that was it, though. Like, there's no way. Like, I had a stomach pain for an hour after that. I couldn't eat, even if I tried to force myself at that point. I couldn't really even drink much because it was completely full. So that 
that stomach thing, that actual organ, does not take very long to completely readjust its size. Um, now, I'm sure if I force myself to eat a pizza every day, it would probably stretch right back out. But it's, uh, I was not really prepared for the fact that the physical capacity of my stomach within just two weeks of mostly fasting, I guess, uh, COVID fasting, that it would shrink that much. So it, it probably got, because I'll, I'll tell you, normally, like pre-COVID, it would not be an issue at all for me to hit, eat an entire pizza in one sitting. Well, what size pizza? They come in vastly Large. different sizes. So that's like what, it, 15, 14 inch. 16? Okay. 14 inch. Yeah. And not like a New York style pizza. I mean, like a normal pizza. What did, wait, what's normal? You mean thin crust or are you talking deep dish? No, no, no. Deep, well, it's not, it's, it, whatever normal Domino's or Papa John's is. It's neither deep dish nor thin crust. Garbage. It's what, what those fine. Are. Garbage pizza. Fine. <laughs> yes. I, I, we are I will, pizza snobs. I will allow that given that you live in Chicago. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and you actually have a very good pizza. Oh, well, there's an example. So when I went to uh, that pizza place in Chicago uh, back a few months, um, I ate an entire deep dish minus one slice. Was that just like that people, was not a personal one? Was, just like how when people pour out like a glass for friends gone by. That uh, that's you, you not just, really where I was going with that, <laughs> but that's the amount that fit in my stomach without making it hurt. You're like, I'm leaving a piece for my homies. Yeah. Versus right now, I, I eat like one bagel and my stomach is full. So one piece is then you're done. It's well, I, yeah. Well, it used to be one pizza. Now it's one bagel. Now it's one piece of pizza, <laughs> which is a one piece. Yeah, I haven't had pizza since I got over COVID, but I think you're probably right. All that cheese, though, the grease might help your stomach expand <clears throat> quicker. <laughs> we are not doctors, though. Please remember that. <laughs> yes, I don't think that's how you expand your stomach. <laughs> you never know. Oh my god! Can you disprove it? I mean, I thought this was an Can interesting you story. It? Even if we really just want to, uh, you know to bum you out i saw this in a, a couple of sites i just pulled it up here it's on a uh, cardiovascular business.com mm. this is a uh, results of a new study which looked at 153,000 patients who survived covid and i think it was mainly people like from the va and stuff like that and but it was not relating at all it didn't matter what your age what your gender was the Amount of uh, heart issues they're finding mm -hmm. afterwards, just but crazy. The uh, group found COVID-19 mm -hmm. patients were a whopping, it says. And I love that when I read stories from whopping. medical type websites where it's like a whopping 55% more likely to experience a major adverse cardiovascular event within the first year after having yeah. COVID. Well, it makes total sense to me because I know that. Once I really got COVID, like full on, uh, I definitely felt my heart racing a lot and it didn't feel good. It kind of made me, I mean, I would say there certainly were times where I probably could have pushed myself to just, you know, keep doing stuff that, that, uh, COVID was not wanting me to do. Right. Um, like not just walking upstairs, but actually running upstairs. At least you as might. far as an old man can run upstairs. Right. You, mean you didn't but, want to get to the top and collapse, though. Right, right, right. But for the sake of not overstressing my heart, I made the the intellectual decision to not do things like that. 
Yeah, this is uh, some really bad news when it comes to mm. all this stuff. Uh, so, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not again, not a doctor, but it's like all the, it'll be interesting to see all of the before and after because I get regular yeah. once a year the echocardiogram. You know, the EKGs only show so much, but the echo actually gives you a picture of the heart as good as the right. technology can. But I would be interested to know with patients that they followed with this, if there is any kind of noticeable difference, I would assume there would have to be before and after COVID to see the exact impact. Well, according to my Apple Watch, there's no difference at all. Right, because that's going to be the most <laughs> accurate device to uh <laughs> to track these things and as long as your uh, heart is beating the apple watch is happy because they're like you can still send us money that's uh yeah it mostly measures your ability to keep paying for new gadgets right if you put the apple watch on it's like 33 percent of everything you make during the day do you have to send that to apple uh oh yeah it's automatic actually <laughs> please you've signed up now i just signed part of up. the terms of service right i just signed up and i know some people will think this is just stupid but Amazon, Riley. right? Amazon pharmacies finally in Illinois. We oh, were, nice. We were one of the last states that they hit. They're only. I didn't realize they weren't national. No, the only. I think the only place now is Alaska or Hawaii. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. They finally got to Illinois because I'm guessing the governor and the state wanted to work out a deal with them. And hmm. I don't know fully yet because it has to still go through the process of going through my doctor but it looks like it's quite a bit cheaper even without going through the insurance and what i'm paying with insurance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. meyer now where we're getting uh, so it's some people will be like well why do you want amazon to know all of your prescriptions first of all yeah what's the difference that must be me what's the difference between amazon or meyer or walgreens Mm -hmm, or cvs mm The insurance company knows already, and all of these companies have been hacked at one point or another. So absolutely. absolutely. If, if you're interested in all the medication I'm taking, just reach out. I'll tell you. And and Amazon will then proactively suggest various devices you should maybe buy, given your medication that you're. Because they yeah. also want to extend your life so you can continue paying for Amazon Prime. Well, that's the irony, right? Is that unlike the U.S. government, they do want to extend your life. Yes. Yeah. So, so they're like the good guys in this. Amazon's like, we want to do <laughs> we want to do some good stuff for you. Yes. That and then Jeff Bezos just got the biggest yacht in the world. Well, you know, you've got to spend all that money on something. If you don't spend it, then what are you gonna do with it? When you get to that point, and I don't know what that number is for the average person. Fifty billion. When you get to that point though, where you can't even think of anything else to buy. I mean, no, short you're of already, you, you flew your own rocket to space. You know, you're uh, you've got your own jets. Yeah, you've got tons of that stuff. You've got uh, now you might as well have the biggest boat in the world. I, I don't know. I mean, you do kind of start to run out of things to spend your money on that aren't risky. And that's maybe why some people like go crazy with gambling that we point. had drugs and gambling and uh i mean loose I think women you hit the drugs before that right right you know uh it there is there is a point where you just go i can't think of anything else i want mm. i mean speaking of amazon yes i believe you mentioned on the last show that they were jacking up the price of uh amazon prime, prime. yeah like 20 or 30 like, bucks yeah 20 or 30 bucks which makes total sense because they also just announced that they're raising the caps on salaries yes. from 160,000 to 360,000 
for salaried employees, right? For salaried employees, exactly. Which certainly makes my friends who work at Amazon very happy because they've been stuck at a measly 160k. For the, well, that was the, that was the max, right? Yeah, that was the max that anybody. That was what Bezos was making. Everybody made 160k. My niece works for them, and it seems mm-hmm. like they pay really well, and mm-hmm. they have incentives that add even more onto that. Yeah, well, that's that's the kind of the way it works is that you get 160k, but then you may get another 200,000 worth of stock options every year. As long as the stock keeps going up, you're happy. Well, even if it's flat, you're still happy. I mean, it's still money. The issue here is I suspect that this shift is a change in policy, not really just an increase. So your stock option payments will probably be significantly smaller moving forward, but your salary is going to be bigger. And the funny thing about it is this really sounds like a huge deal, but it's really just, it's an inflationary adjustment. Well, yeah, with the way everything is going up at this point, the average home in America is spending the number I think I read earlier today, like $250, $300 more a month just for stuff you were normally buying anyway. Yeah. And I, I heard on one of the other political shows that right now, Shadow Stats is showing 53% inflation for the year, for last year. That's not good. Yeah, it's the highest inflationary rise since the Great Depression. The biggest devaluation of U.S. currency. And the reason that people don't really, I mean, they see the increased prices, but they don't see the other factors relating to the devaluation of the dollar because we didn't have the Federal Reserve the last time. But there's this major adjustment happening. And so we've got a um, uh, we've got new money being pumped out and printed on a crazy basis, so that uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem like yes everybody notices that there is a uh, an increase in gasoline prices and other prices, but but also there's more money coming into people whether from the government or from private companies like Amazon or whatever well that's the big shell game right is that oh yeah. i got a 10% increase in my pay yay but your groceries just went up 25% you know that's exactly right now if your pay is substantially more than your groceries bill then it's not as big a deal if the groceries went up 50% right you can absorb it yeah, because it just means like your, uh, what's the phrase? Your uh, discretionary income may have been decreased by 10%, even though, gro- even though groceries went up 50%. But for people that are closer to that, what is it, 50000 for the uh, minimum wage now or for the uh, poverty line? Somewhere what around are, there. It's somewhere around 50 k And uh, for that group of people, uh, an increase in 20% on the groceries is not easy to absorb. Like you're going to have to cut out something else like gasoline. Right. Or your cable bill or your cell phone bill. No, wait, they all seem to have cell phones. Everybody does seem to have a cell phone. Um, I know that there is, I think there are more people moving off the main carriers as a result though. Um, because the main carriers have really not dropped prices on cell service in probably six, seven years. No, which is nuts. I mean, depending what you need to use it for, if you just need voice communication and texting, you shouldn't be paying anything for 
cell phones or close to it because that's give me, give me that obama phone right well i mean we're through the xfinity plan and nobody in our family really uses data to a large degree right because you're either on wi-fi or what you need to do is text and uh make voice calls for right. that right. four lines we're sharing the data plan four lines is like 45 bucks or something like that yeah, month. well, the problem is that it's if you need four lines, then it's forty five bucks a line. But if you don't need four lines and you need one line, then it's a hundred bucks a line. Not through the Xfinity because that's all basically just shared, and you can put it all. I mean, well, it's shared, but the way I, I I would say check what it is for Xfinity if you just need one phone. It would be the same price because it's would just it? the data plan being shared. Oh. That's why okay. we added two more yeah. iPhones. When we got the iPhones free, because it didn't raise the bill one dollar. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay, got it's it, all shared it. data, and they include like, the talk if and text. If you're doing Verizon or yeah. Sprint or AT and T or any of those, you're you're basically a hundred bucks for one phone. If you want to do two phones, it's still a hundred bucks. They drop to fifty bucks a piece. If it's three or four phones, then they're still fifty bucks a piece, so it's two hundred bucks. But the person that gets screwed in this is always the person that just needs one phone. Right. Can you tell on one of those? Find a friend then who has a. Experience. I have no friends. <laughs> I keep telling this to you on every episode. That's the problem. I finally got my parents off of AT&T for the landline. They, mm. had, they had two different numbers for an AT&T landline going back to when my dad was still working. Yeah. And it had gone up to was like 130 or 140 oh my bucks. god that's insane yeah they just got apported today over to uma which i think is like nice. 120 bucks a year is it really it used to be like 20 bucks a year well if you the what you're paying for is their the fancy features like mm-hmm. it will email you voicemail messages which mm-hmm. is actually well worth it i think mm-hmm. because if you're out and about and somebody leaves a voicemail i mean again if you have a landline uh, maybe you never yeah. go out and about, Yeah, maybe. but, but it's way more convenient because it will also ring your cell phone if you want it to, which is why if you call my house number, my house phone and my cell phone rings at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking on right now. I believe. No, this is the internet. Oh, I thought I called your, your house phone on this. Then we hung up. This is, this is Zencaster gene. You, you're thinking. Oh, I, I. Just kept thinking we were on the same line that we were on before. Has the COVID affected your <laughs> cognitive abilities in any shape or form? <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the cognitive is right where it used to be. <laughs> so really bad. I mean, you should get that <laughs> checked out. I but don't if, know what you're talking about. If you work for Amazon, you'd be making a ton. That's all we know. That's true. That's true. If I worked for Amazon, I would be certainly making. Well, I wouldn't be making a measly 160. That's for sure. The uh, Amazon Prime going up. The bottom line is. We understand that Amazon, well, one, they do a lot of their own shipping, and for that, you need gas. <laughs> so uh, right. with all of that going up, of course, I would expect that to go up, because that's really what Amazon Prime you're mainly paying for is the shipping. I mean, I know they're like, well, you get yeah. all the video and you get a couple free audio books or whatever. Didn't they also sign a contract with like Rivian for 100,000 electric trucks? Maybe. You got to pay for Some, that stuff. Something like that. You got to be green, Gene. Yeah. Well, it's just right now. I think electricity is still at a point where it's cheaper than gasoline. 
Although electricity is going up too. I, I looked at a bill from two years ago and a bill from right now. And I'm actually using less electricity right now, but my rate seems to be higher. I keep using more because I keep adding more computers to the house. Mm, I think for me, it's mostly just, I haven't really replaced the last few computers that have died. See, that's it. And they're not yeah. sucking that power anymore. No, because now they just don't work. See, that's, that's a convenience. It really is. I need to figure out how to actually get rid of them, though. That's the problem with all this technology is you, you can't just chuck it in the trash. I mean, you can, but the, if they catch you, they'll charge you. Thermite is what you want. Thermite would probably do it. You're right about that. It and luckily, disappear. I do know how to make that. <laughs> well, if you're going to do that, we need video. <laughs> yes, that'll be the, uh, the d- donation-friendly stream. Yes, where Gene goes out into the backyard and just eviscerates a few machines and turns them into molten lava. Mulch. Yeah, turns pretty much. It, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I wish there was a service that would, like, Give you a couple of bucks for the gold and the copper inside of these things. There has you know to be how expensive copper is. I bought uh, electrical cables, like extension cords, uh, because we were going to have cold weather in Texas, and of course that means right power. Oh my god, we're all going to die! Right power getting's coming back. Power getting exactly. So I bought a few. What are they? Fifty foot, fifty foot, fourteen gauge extensions. You know how much these fucking things were? 50 foot extension. Yeah, it's 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 not anywhere near the thickest kind. The 14 gauge is kind of like your average type extension cord. 30, 35 bucks? Yeah, 50 bucks. Whoa. Buck a foot. Buck a foot for copper. <laughs> and uh at 14 gauge. Yeah, and if I wanted the 50 foot heavy duty like 8 gauge one, it was 100 bucks. That's nuts. It's a lot of money. I remember buying 100-foot extensions that, that were 14-gauge, like the typical orange cord that you, you know, I'm sure have in your garage. Right. The I think I paid like 29 bucks or something in there, you know? Yeah. It was way, way cheaper. So the price of copper is way the hell up. Things used to be cheap, kids, but then <laughs> things got bad. Exactly. I remember gasoline for under a dollar. You do. Or right at I, a dollar. I remember it for 79 cents. Now it's like you fill up the tank yeah. and oh, it's what? A hundred? What? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That can't be. It gets, it gets a little more, a wee bit more expensive. This is still right now why electric vehicles make some sense uh, for now before we've completely killed off all the power plants capabilities. Right. We have to close them down to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. The, the people that want to do this all have cell phones too and don't see the irony in the amount of power that they use on all of these devices. Well, to be fair, I think the power consumption on most of these new devices is actually the same or less than the old devices. They're going down, but as a society, the amount of power that's needed to to run oh, all yeah. of these things, I mean, let's look at streaming High, you know, high def 4K, you know, it's like you're spending a lot of uh, resources to mm-hmm. to make this happen. To consume the Netflixes and the Amazons. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I I just, um, one thing I, I mentioned on No Agenda Social, I haven't seen the replies yet. I'm curious. But I'm seriously, not just as a joke, 
thinking of uh, cranking out a few episodes of Sir Gene Speaks. Not a joke. Where, not a joke. Where I go through uh, Das Kapital, uh, Karl Marx's famous book, and actually read sections that I completely agree with. Interesting. What do you think about that concept? I think it could be entertaining. Because if you look at the news, you find that people that used to call themselves progressives and liberals are basically fascists. Right. And I don't mean that as an insult, by the way. I'm just using the actual definition of what a fascist is. Somebody that is promoting and and wants the idea of big government and big tech working together. That Overton window is working. It's changing the definition that people will accept. Well, meanwhile, um, you know, the, the working class struggling to survive while the, uh, big, big businesses and big government are controlling and creating the inflation that we're living through, uh, the people struggling to survive there, well, they're the proletariat that Marx was talking about. And so it's like, hold on. I'll bet you it's been a long time since I read it. It was in college. So sure it was. Do we know know you're reading it nightly? (laughs) Yeah, I'm reading Das Kapital nightly (laughs) in the original Russian. Yes, of course. I mean, why (laughs) wouldn't you? You speak Russian. Uh huh. Well, for one, it was written in German, but okay. But yeah, but Um, Russian gives it that flavor that you want. mm, Yes. So I think it might be an interesting little project to do. Maybe do three, four episodes on that because I, without just going off memory, without having looked at it recently at all, I am pretty damn sure that there's quite a few sections in there that the, the current time zone, time, time zone, timeline, uh, the, the people that would call themselves either conservatives or libertarians right now would actually in hearing that section would say, well, yeah, that's totally true. So I think there is, there is something to be said for the, what, what people used to refer to as like, oh, the party's flipped. Right. Well, I don't think it's so much the party's flipped as the, the names flipped. Because people that, you know, want small government two, three years ago still want small government. The difference is now those people are called conservatives. And in the past, you had... The, uh, like, let's say 30 years ago or 40 years ago, right? The people that were against the big corporations and against the big government intrusion into their pots, I mean, into their lives. <laughs> you hit it you right know, people, the first time. People like Neil Young, um, you know, they used to be called liberals. And, and now what's happened is the same Neil Young wants to be referred to as liberal, but is in fact a fascist. Yeah, again, not not insulting him at all here, just using the objective definition of what a fascist is. But it's the insanity of somebody like Neil Young coming out and saying, "Ah, take my music off your thing. If if you let this other person have a platform and then going, Mm -hmm. no, no, I'm I'm for freedom of speech. I mean, he said that. And it's like, he did. did. How? How do you put those two things together? Well, and that's why I sent you that clip of, of uh, Ted Nugent Uncle calling Ted. him out on it. Yeah. Well, and Uncle Ted's right. And it yeah. is the sad state of the world when you see 
groups like Black Lives Matter, who obviously don't care about black lives. They were making money. That's what they're mm-hmm. doing. They have embezzled, seems, a lot of that money. The founders. Yeah, like of that. 65 million, sounds like. And the real racism in the country is not being talked about. Right. I mean, we talked about it here all the time. The violence in Chicago. Yeah. That's where the racism is. This defund the police. Are you nuts? Who do you think gets hurt when that happens? This is, again, the left going, no, we need to do this for this. And it's like, no, but you're totally lying about. Well, I, I the part that I think is correct, though, is that the majority of racists in this country are white. They're white fascist liberals. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. They're like, we can change. We can make your world better by doing this. Yeah. Any Anybody that notices and then applies a filter to their actions based on the color of somebody's skin is a de facto racist. Yes. Choosing You're engaging who is, in the racist activities at that point. Yes. Choosing who is going to win or lose based upon the color of their skin. <laughs> Let's pick our next Supreme Court justice based on the color of their skin and the sexual organs they have at that time. If you're. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden. I mean, if you want to check that in there as well. But, Joe but so sexist and racist. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you I don't know if you've seen but somebody recently played. Maybe it was a quartering, but somebody on YouTube. A compilation similar to Joe Rogan uh, using the N-word. They played a similar compilation of Biden using that word. Now, Biden's stuff was a little older. It's from the 80s and 70s. And he meant it. But he meant it, man. Yeah, there was no. It was not him talking in a scholarly manner. He he was having a chat uh, with Strom Thurmond, patting some kids on the head, you know, and smelling them. So. I I don't know, man. I guess he's allowed because he's an elite. And Rogan, who is also an elite, frankly, in my opinion, but is not allowed because he's the wrong kind of elite. Yeah, Rogan's the wrong kind because he will talk to both sides and he will give a platform to people. And that and I think that an element of the anti-Roganism that exists in the progressive party is really it has to do with the perception of Rogan as a Neanderthal. Well, they're and certainly Rogan, portraying him that just like they portray anybody that took why, ivermectin as, but a, it's not just portraying, but Rogan kind of like he leaned into that starting with about 20 years ago when he started working out a lot, he's doing stuff with MMA. He's doing crass or humor back then. Uh, he is, uh, his, his show when it starts, what do you hear right away? You hear monkeys, you know, going, ee, 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 ah, ah, ah. Well, however monkeys talk. I can't. However they not, talk. Not, hey, I'm not familiar with the, the, with the language of those people, but you know what I mean? So it's, um, I think he has leaned into it and they've grasped onto it. And so it's not even, in my opinion, it's not even an issue of like, oh, Rogan's this guy that's really pushing forward for the conservatives. Everybody knows he's not. He, he's been a centrist, even like I would say left of center centrist, uh, for a long time, for 20 plus years. He was a crude guy. He was a guy that liked manly stuff, but still yeah, the he man had, show. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But, but he was still a, uh, he was still a centrist. He was not promoting 
you know, typical conservative ideas like during the Reagan years or anything like that. Oh, no question. So I think it's for them. He represents white man first and foremost, and white man is evil. Right, because we like that crude humor, too. That's horrible stuff. It is. Well, or girls bouncing on trampolines or things like that, you know, Um, because it's so bad and evil. And what we should like, in fact, are are transsexuals bouncing on trampolines. That would not be crude. That would be completely okay. Well, that would be like if you don't go out with someone just because they're transsexual. Then you're a transphobe. Then you're a, not only are you a transphobe, but you're the one with the real, you know, mental disease. <laughs> that's the new world order. Yeah, that is it. So, and that's the other thing that I think. God, I'm just going to preview all my uh, Sergene Speak stuff. The other, the other idea I had was I, I really probably need to do an episode on Joe Rogan because I've been kind of dumping on him for a while, mostly dumping on people that really like him more than him, but. I I have good reasons for that. And then I think that it probably would be at least one episode's worth of stuff to talk about in a monologue. How come you haven't been on Joe's show yet? You're in the same city. You know, amazingly, the other one and a half million people that live here haven't been on his show either. (laughs) There's a waiting list. Uh, Yeah, I think the waiting list is uh, pretty damn big. And his filter is pretty damn small. I'm guessing. There's a pretty good chance of this happening, which is my favorite guy, Bill O'Reilly, has a new moving book to Texas. Up. No, no, he's uh, he's oh. in New York, but uh, uh, yeah, he might be coming to Texas because he's got a new book coming out in March, Killing mm-hmm. the Killers, which is all about the fight against terrorism. Mm-hmm. And he said while covering briefly the Rogan story that he would like to go on Joe Rogan and talk with him. Mm -hmm. And I think Rogan and him would be an interesting pairing. I I think Rogan would go for that. What do you think? I think it would be fun. I don't think Rogan's people are going to allow him to do that. Interesting. Why? I mean, he talks to some, I mean, if you'll talk to Alex Jones, how come? Yeah. He's not going to talk to Alex Jones anymore. (laughs) That's done. Right. Guarantee you that that whole thing is completely done. He's now had to remove twice episodes of people uh uh, first of all of alex jones and then people who alex jones has talked to all those episodes are done (laughs) so michael malice had his three episodes removed michael malice is an anarchist socialist (laughs) it's like what but he's friends with uh alex jones now because he lives here in austin as well well see maybe Um, o'reilly could be the new guy on the right that he can talk to that hasn't been totally canceled but my, I think my point is that that Joe's handlers are realizing that anybody that is to the right of a lefty is just going to extend the amount of time that people are trying to push Joe off this platform. And if that's so, true, why did Joe just not say screw Spotify and jump over to Rumble when they offered him a hundred million? Well, exactly. Well, I think Adam's got his own theories on that. Like that's not real money. That's a joke. Blah blah blah. I I disagree. I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing because right now Rumble is worth. I think it's like two and a half billion or something. Like they could do a hundred million to them. Plus it was split over three years or something. Four year. Four year. Yeah. So that's only twenty five million a year. Like shit. Lots of people can do that. And you can say whatever you want, and you know you won't have to go hiding your episodes 
Yeah. The problem I think Rogan might fall into is his hardcore fans might finally go, dude, you're just you're selling out. You're you're taking this and you're removing content and you're censoring who what you're going to say. You're censoring who you're going to talk to. And that makes the show a lot less worthwhile. Well, and that's kind of what people are saying right now, because like the super hardcore fans, hardcore, super hardcore fans. Yeah, they're super wood. Uh, They because I've had a lot of people talking at me uh, about Joe Rogan because they disagree with me. But those super hardcore fans are saying, yeah, well, you know, if Rogan removed a bunch of episodes, it's uh, it's probably because he knows that people have already listened to him and now he's going to bring even more controversial people on. I don't know what the hell these people are smoking, but it's something because that is a lot of that. It is. It is literally just trying to justify something that is almost impossible. It's almost religious, really. Well, it's like a lot Um, of the COVID stuff. Same thing. Yeah. 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 It's the same kind of mentality, but on this side, now the less hardcore fans of Joe's are, they're kind of upset with the fact that he apologized. They're upset with deleting even more episodes. Cause remember a bunch were deleted as soon as he moved to Spotify. Right. And it was all blamed on a glitch. Yeah. And Oh <laughs> yes, it's a glitch. It was a decision glitch. And now, uh, with this latest apology, I don't know if you watched the apology. It was pretty pathetic. Yes, it was. I was like, what are you doing? <clears throat> yeah. What are you doing with the, you know, oh, I, that's not my word. Oh, I should not my have word said it. Now I've and, learned. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Yeah, you've learned, all right. It's a slippery and slope, man. It is a slippery slope. He's halfway down that slope right now. Man. <laughs> he's going fast, he, too. He's going very fast. So it's not a good look. And what the fuck is with the, the lighting? Did you really, like, on purpose, stand in a dark room with yes. a light shining on your head, making you look like you're, uh, you Contrite. know, half dead? Yeah. Well, oh that was God. compared to the somewhat confrontational Joe that did the previous apology outside and uh, and, and yeah. looking tough. This did have a whole different look to it. And I, I would normally just be like, well, no, there's no reason. There's no way he yeah. put that much thought into it. But I'm not sure of that anymore. I, I think Joe may be and maybe he's doing this subconsciously. So, you know, I, I have no uh deep knowledge here but i have long life experience that would tell me that maybe joe is really ready to just pack it in um i don't know if you noticed i one of the clips that i i shared on uh na social was of joe giving his watch literally from his wrist um it's a very nice omega watch i'm a big fan of those as well uh to lex and Lex, I have predicted, is going to be the next Joe because he is uh, he does long, long form interviews. He's very uh, engaging and asks deep questions. And he has a Ph.D. so he can talk to people on their level in science and, um, you know, but what a- AI great, or makes him great is that he is the everyman. Well, except that. People that are a little smarter than the everyman would really enjoy watching somebody who's more like them. Yeah, but that's not most people. That bill. Well, here's the thing. I think that Joe is actually not most people right now. And I think for the people that really are craving those long form interviews 
like Joe used to do 10 years ago with doctors that were investigating some weird, peculiar mushroom for its benefits. Right. Which is what I remember listening to Joe for and thinking, oh, this is really great. I never listened to 100% of his interviews. I always ignored the ones that he did with his comedy buddies, and I ignored the ones that he did with his UFC buddies. Nothing against both groups. They're just not particularly interesting. But when, when Joe had somebody that has a PhD on, I was all over that episode. I enjoyed listening to that. And Lex has completely replaced that. So when Joe gave Lex the watch from his wrist, to me, this was either a conscious or a subconscious uh, shifting of the guard. Like Joe basically saying, You're passing that torch. I'm passing the torch on to the next generation here, which Lex is absolutely the next generation. And may you do better than me. You know, it's that kind of attitude. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next three to four months. What happens with what we see from Joe? Because if his interviews start being the exact same thing that you can watch on CNN, then you know that he's ready to check out and he's done. We have the we will bring somebody else on. Hey, if we talk to Dr. Malone, we'll bring on Fauci. I mean, or whoever is the equivalent on the other side. And we're going to have a constant background sound effect when Malone's on saying, uh, do not listen to misinformation. Go to this website to get the truth. And when Fauci's on, we'll have a, a little background sound that says, uh, Fauci is the only expert in this. In fact, he is science in itself. Now, so, I, I thought it was interesting. Malone, a little clip just hit the Twitters and all those where of course, the headline is bombshell. And I'm like, oh, here's how you know it's bullshit. They're all bombshell, yeah. Everything is a bombshell, as I talked about on Random Thoughts last week. If Great says, episode, by the way. Thank you. If it says bombshell, you might want to stay away. But this was Dr. Malone saying, hey, the top owner of Spotify is also the top owner of Moderna. Ooh. Mm. And my question is, does that really matter? It's an investment group. I looked this up. I mean, it's an investment group that owns like 11% of Spotify, owns about 11% of Moderna. It owns Mm -hmm. a decent amount of Amazon and DoorDash, if I'm remembering all these correct. Mm -hmm. But it's not like there are people that are working in concert to do something. This is an investment group that has tons of money and everything. I would agree with you on that completely. I I think that sometimes people try and find conspiracies where none exist and i think that's what you have here yeah because it's like i don't see that unless the investment group doesn't have a bunch of millennial and zoomer employees that are pushing them to be more uh progressive right that's literally not the case i don't care i would i don't have to look up who's in this group i just know people that do that for a living they are not that the bottom However, line is they all want to make money. Yeah, exactly. They want to make money, but they they will certainly speak up uh, against things that they think are going to make them less money. So if Joe is more controversial and seems to be losing audience, they're going to talk to Spotify as a major stockholder and say, how do we fix this? Go fix it. Right. And every 
entertainment outlet, every podcast, every talk show on the terrestrial radio, it's all the same thing. If you see your audience going down, it's like, oh, crap, look, we, we need to do something to to turn this around. We need something to grow the audience. That is the well, maybe all, all except for Sir Gene Speaks. Oh, that's got that's got a cap. You've already you cannot even take more listeners in. I just don't care. I just don't care how many people listen. For, okay, let it, me let me put the caveat. For their benefit, not for mine. Let me put the caveat of things that are actually being done to make money. Cor- okay, fair enough. Because mine certainly isn't. Yours is a labor of love, and you you have way too much love. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, come on. <laughs> Didn't I check on you when you had COVID to make sure you, you were still breathing? Every time I fell asleep, I would get a text <laughs> message from you saying. Are you dead yet? You're always sleeping at seven in the morning. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Amazingly, with the COVID, I was asleep at seven in the morning. You should Actually, have been without awake. the COVID. I, I probably should be asleep. You should be having, an old man. You should be having a pizza at seven a.m. Pizza, <laughs> bourbon, and a cigar. You, you can't even get a pizza at seven a.m. I tried. They don't deliver that early. <laughs> what kind of state do you live in? Uh, clearly not a state with like a pizza fetish. Right. Right. That's true. You know, and I said that with Rogan went to Spotify. I said, this is just him possibly cashing out and he doesn't care anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, as all of these things start adding up, it's becoming less and less fun to him. Yeah. And I don't know what his financial situation is because he doesn't have Bezos. Last I I heard is he's worth about uh, $210 Which means you're probably okay not having to work anymore. Oh, that's guaranteed, yeah. So I can see where maybe he's like, this isn't worth it. And every time I've heard him tell the origin story of his podcast, Mm -hmm. it goes something like, it was a lark, I was talking to friends. Yeah, he was was literally talking to, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, uh redbone something like that and uh they were sitting smoking cigars having drinks and and joe said you know i'll bet you a lot of people would find this fascinating and uh you know he had plenty of money back then as well so he could afford to start doing recordings uh and do them well and do them yeah yeah like use good good gear early on although his cameras were pretty crapper in the early days they were lower resolution cheapies, but eventually all got upgraded. And his first interviews that I recall were not the ones that I was particularly interested in. They were interviews with comedians and interviews with his buddies from UFC. And again, I have nothing against either group. I, I watch comedies and I, right. I used to watch a lot more UFC than I do these days, but I watched UFC from literally UFC one, like back in the olden days. And uh, it became a little less interesting because there's too many weight classes, too many rules. There wasn't as much free form, two guys just brawling anymore as there used to be in the early days. Well, see, and that's what his podcast used to be. Free form, doing anything you want. That's out the door now. Absolutely. Yeah. And that changes everything. Yeah. It, it does. And that's where I say that if you watch the people that Lex interviews for two to three hours, those are very much the people that Joe would have had on 10 years ago, who Joe no longer has on. Interesting. So we may be seeing the ending of that era 
Yeah. If just if he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, Joe bought a, a nightclub, or he he got a building that he converted into a comedy club here in Austin. Is like, that where I know he just did a stand up uh, set the other day? I'm, I'm I, guessing I maybe don't that. probably, but I don't even know. I I am I'm not in the loop on his stand up sets. But he he bought a like he decided that he's going to bring comedy stand up comedy to Austin. Does a guy do that when his passion is podcasting? I don't think he's ever said his passion is podcasting. It's never been podcasting. Exactly. It went into, wow, I'm doing this and somebody's willing to pay me a whole lot of money. I'd be stupid not to take it. And as long as you are the guy pulling all of the strings, it's fun. I think because I think he enjoys talking to him for turning this into a hundred million dollars with Spotify. Yeah, I I certainly for me, it meant I'm no longer listening to him because I don't have Spotify. Have zero interest in listening on Spotify. Well, and Spotify um, sucks because their app on the Roku, which I know I'm a boomer, but when I'm going to watch this content in the video realm, I want to watch it on my big TV. Right. And the Roku app just recently added, believe it or not, within like the last few months, the ability to do video at all at on all, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. And I. Yeah saw that they updated it and i went and did a web search and saw a bunch of people like well yeah but the thing still it crashes like three minutes in no matter what mm. you're watching and i'm like ah that can't be true and i put the adam curry latest episode on and mm-hmm. like three minutes in it crashed and i'm like god oh, geez i just don't have time to deal yeah. with that make yeah, it easy it's it just never made any sense to me like i i have a library of music that is, I think, 80,000 songs, something like that, uh, that I bought. Right. I, that I paid for every single thing on there, unlike certain people. Dude, I and, have over 3,000 CDs that I paid for. Well, there you go. So you paid for CDs as well. So um, that library is big enough to sustain my listening pleasure for the rest of my life. And because all those tunes are ones that I like. It's not just random 80,000 tunes. It's, it's an actually 80,000 tunes that I enjoy listening to. Right. Cause I'm betting so, there's not a lot of new artists that you're like, Hey, got to get the latest Billie Eilish. Um, I, I do have one Billie Eilish album there. Uh, I mean, I've been adding to the collection, but not much. You're absolutely right. I might these days maybe buy 10 CDs worth of music a year. That's about it. Which is a lot it, for most people now. And I used to buy uh, literally like a CD a day. See, I was never a CD a day, but it was a couple of week. That was uh, was mm-hmm. a sickness when you had to go to the stores. Man, Tower Records here in Chicago was yeah. awesome. There was an outlet right yeah. up by uh, DePaul University in Lincoln Park, so I'd skip school and go to buy. Yeah, we records. had a we had a store chain called uh, Only Digital or Digital Only, something like that. Where it was, they were the first guys to not carry anything but CDs. And you could listen to any CD while you were in the store. Right. You could try it before you buy. Yeah. And given that they were between, you know, 14 and 20 bucks a piece, that was pretty good to be able to listen. Well, yeah. And you I, didn't want to, you didn't want to buy one and be like, ah, this sucks. Yeah, exactly. And then remember the days when you had to check for mastering? Like, is this a DDD CD or is this an AAD CD? Or is it the uh, Super CD or the, uh, there were a bunch of different formats. Well, they, yeah, I mean, there was 
they kind of turned it into a marketing thing. But originally, the the question was digital recording, digital mixing, and digital mastering. Right, DDD or AAD. That's what I said. So many of the old ones, AAD. Yeah, AAD. They were analog recorded, analog mixed, then they were digitally mastered. So it, it's, um, uh, I've bought a lot of music that I like. I buy some every year, but I don't need fucking Spotify. I don't need Apple's version of Spotify. I don't need any of these streaming random music services because the other thing that people that do have them have mentioned to me is they're basically repeating the same 30 or 40 songs for you over and over. Like it's the equivalent of YouTube suggestions. They're going right, to, right. they're going to play what you enjoy, like maybe two days, three days worth of music. And then they're going to start repeating that stuff over and over. Right. Cause and you I, can't want more than that. No. And that's kind of what FM radio did, right? For, for the music DJ stuff is they, they played a playlist of 20 songs. Yeah. You're, well, you had your top 40, but you're right. They, what, what, the top whatever. 20 you know what played I mean. more and, uh, <clears throat> yeah. But it, the point being simply that there's a, limited consumption uh that if somebody else is controlling what you're consuming and a lot of the stuff that i own in in my music library you can't buy these days it doesn't exist it's it's like import japanese cds from the 1990s yeah those aren't on spotify i'm betting no they're not on spotify they're not even on apple i've Uh, thought about getting a title subscription just to try it which is the high mm. res music service and hmm. uh since i'm part of jack white's thing uh where i get vinyl every three months mm-hmm. then you can get a 75 percent off so it's not expensive but i hmm. still have never tried it because i've got everything on my network attached storage i've got yeah everything i want more than any more than i can listen to in a lifetime and uh i've already got it but it's interesting with the technology because now it's back to vinyl outselling cds which Mm -hmm. i think is beautiful but i had this you know inter you know uh interpersonal conversation with myself the other day because i'm like oh do i want dire straits they had a thing coupon code you could buy brothers in arms Mm -hmm. on a newly pressed 45 rpm so it's a two disc set so it plays at 45 rather than 33 Mm -hmm. newly mastered all of this and exactly what you were just talking about. It's like, well, that album was recorded digitally and mixed digitally. Mm-hmm. Do I want it in analog? I mean, I'm sure it would be great <laughs> in analog, but does that make sense to bring it to that format? Now, listening to like the old Beatles records and stuff, well, it's all analog and that makes sense. And yeah. uh, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of a concept. It's like, well, yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, I'm still just kind of impressed with the fact that you can get hi-fi sound out of something that is spinning on a turntable that uh, a, a physical needle is running across. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm well, not the one best of these version idiots. of that. I don't, I don't want to get into a, a, like a crazy audiophile conversation, but that's a different podcast. My, it's a different podcast. But my impression was that the best audio quality that anyone's bothered trying to record only existed on laser discs during the 1990s because they had essentially what you just described except with a laser it was analog audio that was decoded with a laser beam so there's no 
damage done to the audio tracks, unlike a vinyl album, which gets damaged every time you play it. Right. Here you had a laser, but not a digital laser. So they weren't encoding audio digitally. They had actual analog audio that would be then read by a laser. And like to me, if that technology took off, it probably would have uh, overturned CDs because it absolutely was better quality. But that's the only place that it really appeared that I'm aware of. Well, it was still uh, digitized on, on LaserDisc, right? I mean, no, it wasn't. That's my point. It was analog audio. So the video was digitized. The video was actually, you know, recorded as digital, just like any video these days on the internet. But the audio was recorded as an analog. And the laser beam would be moving just like the needle based on the reflection from the grooves for the audio track. Now, they use two separate lasers, one for video, one for audio. The interesting thing is, I know there is a turntable. I mean, it's, I believe, tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now that you mention it, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it reads the vinyl albums with a laser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is like, so, now that's cool. That is very cool. You never Absolutely. wear your album out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I've just, I always put a certain value in convenience. So when, uh, when CDs came out, I couldn't wait to switch to CDs. When, uh, MP3s came out, I used the highest quality MP3s, top, you know, settings, but I couldn't wait to switch to MP3s. Because that means I can carry a lot more. You know, I had, I think I had a 12 CD changer in the car. Nice. But that was, well, it's not much compared to 80,000 plus songs. In one little device. In, in a memory stick that sits in my car. Yeah. That you can swap the memory stick. Well. Carry everything you want. I mean, I. just I, have to refresh it once a year to add the new stuff. That's really about it. I have better ears than eyes. So I pretty much stick with flack on everything. but. Mm-hmm. I understand that a vast majority of people, if you play them an uncompressed track along with the best possible MP3 or Og Vorbis track, not going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah, a 320-bit MP3, most people, like 99.99999, will not be able to tell the difference. It's like we record these podcasts at 48,000, you know, the bit rate. It's I think it's 12,000. I don't even bother going that high. <laughs> it's like, whatever, our voices are crappy sounding enough that uh we don't need to record all the it gives extra it little dings old time radio sound we need to put a filter on that makes old it sound time like radio a, like an am radio and uh, that would be great we could do that but uh oh, along with the uh the racism chat we had going on here <laughs> bill o'reilly had some stats which i confirmed mm. which is from the fbi crime stats which okay if you want to talk about racism in the United States of America. And let's remember that the country was basically burned down for months because a white cop killed a black guy. That was horrible. And it was. But the reality of the situation is out of all homicides in the United States for the year 2020. Now, the African-American slash black population, whatever you want to call them, 13 percent of the population. 56% of all homicides in the United States were black people. You mean people that died or people that killed them? Died. Mm-hmm. That were killed. 56%. Mm-hmm. 
And right. So that just tells you that there's so much hatred for the black man that that people in this country just keep killing more black people, except even the, though they represent a small percentage. Except I get it. Right. I see what you're saying. Except the vast majority are being killed by other black men, mainly the uh, self-hating blacks. I get it. Well, gang activity, which mm-hmm. for whatever reason is what none of these liberal DAs well, want to go after in Chicago. Eighty one percent of the homicides. There is gangs black. in Chicago. Yeah, believe it or not. Eighty one percent of the homo- homicides black in Wasn't Baton Rouge. That one of Joe Rogan's jokes is that driving through like South Chicago, he felt like he was in the Planet of the Apes or something. I don't know, but I can see I where that, that was get one of his routines. Yeah. Very quickly canceled. New York City, 65 <clears> percent <throat> of homicide victims black. Yeah. I mean, this is horrible. This is racism that nobody cares that this is going on when you're 13 yeah, I mean, clearly of the we need more white people getting killed <laughs> well, i think less black people getting killed would oh, be oh okay i thought you were going in the other direction you're now. going equity in the other direction huh? it's like mm-hmm. well if we're going to kill this many of this kind we got to kill this many of this it's i only think fair. the 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 appropriate move for this is to start an organization that challenges white people to be volunteers to bring equity to the murderer rates. To sign up to be murdered? Correct. Oh, interesting. This is like a Hunger Games kind of a thing. or a- Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> and, and, of course, the people that would most likely do this are college students. Well, they, they'll sign up for anything. Well, yeah, well, that's true, too, right? You stick a pen in front of them and you give them, hey, you get a free uh, 12-pack of Mountain Dew. Oh, cool. So what do I got to do for this? I don't I don't know what this I'm signing up for, but <laughs> yeah, did you show up here at this point? Uh-huh. And uh, you'll be you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I would I would drink that Mountain Dew pretty quick though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I think getting like that would be the kind of stuff that would be really fun to try and push forward because it both makes fun. Uh, well, it's kind of like black humor, right? Can we even say black humor anymore? I think so. I mean, there's <laughs> that racist to white humor. You know, I don't know. And this is the questions that I've got when it comes to race in America right now. Yeah. Because I talked a little bit about it and I ended up cutting a section out of the Planet Rage episode mm-hmm. I did with Larry Blydner because he's like, I don't want to talk about this because it's a no win situation. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely right. So you saved it for this show. Got it. No, I did a random thoughts because I figured out <laughs> if you know if I'm gonna, I'm stupid, I'll lick the third rail. I want to ask the questions and see where it goes. But you know, some of the black comics were the best comics growing up. It was Eddie Murphy and Richard oh, Pryor. Yeah, they were great. There was Steve absolutely. Martin too, but Eddie Murphy Eddie yeah. and Richard Pryor. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, all kidding aside, ironically, I enjoyed. Eddie Murphy's routines a lot more than Steve Martin's comic genius, man. As an adult, I appreciate reading Steve Martin a lot more so than uh, I did when I was younger. He did have different levels. Steve Martin is more of a uh, um, more of the intellectual, I guess, comic. Well, but that's the irony, right? Is he was. A comic doing what looked like slapstick that you had to be intelligent enough to understand what the fuck he's doing. Right. Whereas Eddie Murphy uh, and and much like Chappelle were pointing out ironic 
silly, crazy, goofy differences between people. Yes, they were much more reflection of the culture rather than doing a yeah. you know wildly crazy guy. Yeah, because uh, if I remember right, didn't Richard Pryor write Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks? I don't know, but that's another. Speaking of a movie that could never be made today. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah. again, the question is why? Well, and and do you know who Aries Spears is? He was a guy on um, on uh, the, the not Saturday Night Live, but the other show that was actually funnier. Oh, uh, Second City. Uh, no, not so. He wasn't on Second City. That was another show. But no, he was on SCTV, Mad, Mad TV. Mad TV. Mad I've TV. never watched Mad TV. I used to watch oh, really? SCTV yeah. after yeah. Saturday Night Live with uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Hey there. The, uh, Good day. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was the best. SCTV. Yeah. Dude, believe me, I watched all that shit. I enjoyed it. That's when comedy was able to do the things that comedy needs do, to do. Do you know what their broadcast audience was when they did that show? Uh, SCTV? Probably yeah. not a lot. Yeah. 8,000 people. <laughs> that was literally their audience for the first run. But it was us. We were like, yes. No, no. We were second run. That was in Canada. We, we got it after that. After Canada, we got it in reruns in the U.S. Uh, on public television. See, and I so, remember it being run after Saturday Night Live. So it was on NBC? I think so. Wow. But I mean, this was okay. like one in the morning or whatever Saturday Night Live was over. Yeah. Um, there was also another show that was on back then, uh, back in the 70s, that was called... <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. It was um, Fridays. You remember Fridays? I do not. Okay. But I mean, so I was still, you know, I, I wasn't 10 years old until 1980. So, oh, uh, okay. So it was a show that was kind of a knockoff Saturday Night Live uh, that was called Fridays. But and it was it, on Friday instead of Saturday. I think it survived up until probably like 82 ish, right around there. So we should be calling uh, the show Thursdays. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but it was, it was another one of those sort of like, Hey, let's do live sketch comedy stuff. Uh, in Living Color was another one. You remember that one? I'm yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was Jim Carrey's big break. I hate that guy. Jim Carrey. Yeah. The Wayans Brothers. Great. Jim Carrey. Screw him. Really? Why? I don't know. I just never liked him. I, always, huh. I never really enjoyed the comedy. And then he start coming off more and more as just a dick. Maybe I'm he wrong. Is, he's, a, I think. Like some other comedians, which really pushed into the wild and crazy category, uh, he's got a very dark, you know, uh, very kind of pessimistic type personality. Just uh, all comics are broken people, right? But some people like Robin Williams were so funny because they were that much more broken. And I think Jim Carrey falls in that same category is he is just, if it wasn't for comedy, he probably would have committed suicide many years ago. Now there's a bright and cheery thought, but well, I'm, right. I'm, I'm like, I've watched him enough and I've watched Jenny McCarthy enough talking about these topics. And I've seen most of his, you know, recent work. I, I'm like shocked every year that he's still alive. He's very dark. 
Um, but his comedy seemed like it was almost like made for kids. Right. Oh, yeah. The Dumb and Dumber stuff, no doubt. Well, Dumb and Dumber and the, uh, what was Fireman, the lawyer who, uh, who had to tell the truth. And, right. You liar, know. liar. Yeah. Uh, or that, that crazy detective, whatever it was. Ace Ventura. Right. Exactly. So, pet I mean. De- it was Pet Detective, too. I don't pet de- I think you're right. <laughs> so I'm not like a fan of his, but. I see the same stuff in him that I saw in Robin Williams, where it was, it was essentially what people are laughing at are cries for help. What? Yeah. While not realizing their cries for help. Because the guy saying it has a big smile on his face. Right. Which is uh, the tears Let's of a see, clown, right? Let's go. Yeah, Smokey Robinson. in it. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that there's a, uh, there's something to be said for, for most comedians in terms of their see now i talk about how i never bothered listening to rogan's episodes when he had his comedy bodies on and now we've been talking about comedians for like 20 minutes well comedy is a big part of entertainment and it's a big part of what the woke mobs have changed i mean the comedy that i grew up on which was again steve martin and richard pryor and eddie murray murphy and, uh, you know, those sorts. Red Skelton. He was a little before my time, but I like okay. his bits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the only one that could still be made, I mean, Sam Kennison certainly couldn't be made now. You know, it's interesting you say that because I actually watched a clip of Kennison like two weeks ago. And I was surprised at how mild it was compared to the way I remembered it to be so much more shocking. Well, it was shocking at the time. I mean, maybe for at the us, time, I think it was. Yeah. And it depends if it was one of the television network television appearances, obviously mm-hmm. it's watered down compared to the stuff he was doing when he didn't have yeah. that restraint. Yeah. But the only guy that I think that could still be made, and I think he's still around is Stephen Wright, which is the very wry. Is he? I thought he was dead. No, I think he's still around. Wow. Now that you said that, he'll probably be a. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they, didn't they kill that? Uh, what's his name? The. The guy, the comedian that we like literally talked about. And I said, no, I thought he was dead. And then he died like the next day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happened. Uh, <laughs> now, who was it? I don't remember. But now if Stephen. No, Wright- it, was, uh, it, was the, it was the guy that used to be the Saturday Night Live uh, news host dude. Who, who like, I think they got rid of because he kept talking about. Norm how- McDonald. Yes. Norm McDonald. Yeah, that's the one. And now it's Stephen Wright's turn. If by uh, next Thursday, Stephen Wright is dead. <laughs> Gene is going to be the most feared individual know, in right? podcasting. Yes, you better not have me think that you possibly are dead because you will be. What did you think of the Bob Saget news? What? What? I didn't hear anything about it. Oh, dude, it it came out that his cause of death was. Oh, he did die. I didn't know he died. You didn't know Bob Saget? No, I didn't know. Well, we haven't had a show for like 25 (laughs) years now. It was a month ago. Nobody told me. He died in a hotel room in Orlando. Auto association about a month. No. Oh, and of course, everybody was thinking because he had the Rona like a week or two before. Right. That it was related to that. Of course, everybody's like, oh, was he vaccinated? There was all of that. Yeah. It turns out it was a bump on the head, which they believe he just hit his head on something that night and fell and died. Didn't no, Didn't think anything of it because he was in bed. So it was like he hit his head, went, eh, I'm fine. Yeah, went, went to bed and that was it. Um, 
Hmm. So he basically had a stroke. I would guess. Yes, that would be the yeah. uh, head trauma. And mm-hmm. uh, but it's like, that's just that was totally weird. Out of left wow. field. Unexpected. See, I would have thought it'd be like autoerotic association. Right. Like the guy from uh, In Excess or. Uh, or like a lot of guys. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's if you can't learn not to do like that. David Carradine. You know, it's uh, it's it's not a good thing to have going down as your last act. And uh, I mean, it's not a not a legacy anybody wants. Not a yeah, yeah. I think the I think the point is to get really close to death without actually dying. Well, come to Chicago; it's way easier to just drive down the street. The problem in Chicago is it's actually more likely you're going to end up being dead. Well, that may be true too. It may be true. Yeah, we can sell. It Kevlar. depends on what what part of Chicago, I guess. That's uh, well, that's very true too. That yeah. is true. It's uh, it's a city out of control. We're in a country out of control with a president that's out of control, which is why. Uh, Do some of those negate each other at all? Or I wish, I wish, because hmm. as we were talking, I believe during the pre-show, hmm. the covering politics all the time is not fun. Oh, it's depressing it makes you want to be a comedian which then you hit your head and die in bed i don't know that's what happens with comedians it is a, I, uh, I will say that i think bob saget's version of the aristocrats is one of my favorites well he was such a great comic and he was such a blue comic mm, that's what do you know what their aristocrats is yes great okay, movie good. put together Just by check. penn Jillette. And uh, I, among others, not really a movie. It's actually a joke, but there is a movie about that right. joke. That yeah. is the uh, which is a bunch of people telling the joke. Yes. And should be checked out if you're not uh, easily offended by uh, uh, humor. Well, if it's still available. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's the Internet. Everything's available. Yeah. But a lot of these people like Sarah Silverman and stuff, you know, they've all flip flopped and they right. believe in removing hate speech. Which comedy needs some room to breathe is the uh is the bottom line and i loved re-watching entourage recently one i need to do that you have to it's one of the best buddy shows of all time yeah and bob saget plays himself as just a total out of control dick and it's hilarious yeah. which is apparently totally true which so is probably exactly who bob saget was but a very yeah. Loving and caring. A kid-friendly Bob Saget who was actually inhabited by this dick. Right. I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, Rogan never intended to be a podcaster. No. And Bob Saget never intended on being America's dad. You know, well, after Bill Cosby lost the, uh, where <laughs> he lost that temporarily, title. temporarily, I think Bill Cosby's back. Bill's making his way back. Well, he's a victim, of course. Look at the color of his skin. Yeah. Obviously, he's the victim. You know, he's not really strictly a, a comedian in the sense of that's all he did. But Cosby did a lot of stand up yeah. between his work and movies. And he really was one of the early early pioneers of black dudes in mainstream movies and yes. mainstream TV shows. Yeah. Um, and his stand up uh, bits were great because again, they yeah. were child friendly overall. Yeah. 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 No, I think he got a bad rap. I, I think that, uh, I think that the glove did not fit OJ and I, I don't, I don't think Cosby did anything wrong. I don't have any evidence 
to prove it one way or the other. I but, want videotape showing him carrying somebody unconscious and then raping him. Because if that doesn't exist, he didn't do it. I said the minute this started, because a lot of people won't remember because all this stuff gets jumbled up. Yep. He was the first one to fall to this kind of a thing, which was a bunch of people came forward that said he did 25 years later. Right. Yeah. You know, this wasn't like it happened a week or five weeks ago. This was decades Mm -hmm. earlier. Yep. And I said at the time, incidentally, back when women were willing to drop their panties and drop some quaaludes, plenty of celebrities like him. Right. Well, that's the whole Weinstein thing, too, which is you did something willingly and then had buyer's remorse or Weinstein. Yeah. And I I think with Weinstein that uh, part of the problem, a real problem, I think, is that Weinstein didn't know when to stop. I think it started off exactly like it did for a lot of other men that are powerful, where all of a sudden you start realizing that women are willing to substitute your cash for your not so good looks and are going to act towards you exactly the way they act towards some, you know, hot male model type. Uh, and that absolutely works. I've seen that plenty of times, but uh, hell, I've experienced it back when I was younger, but it's not, it's not something that lasts forever or can get pushed further and further down the line. And I think that's the major mistake that he made is that he got so used to this happening that he started seeing him as being entitled himself as being entitled. And I think that's ultimately what brought him down is that, you know, it's, it no longer could be interpreted any other way than him trading some kind of career advancement for sex. Like there was no other way to view it anymore. Where in the early days, I guarantee you there were plenty of other interpretations. But with the Cosby thing, he was so Teflon. His reputation was so golden that when this happened, I remember having this conversation with my wife saying, this is a test that if they could get the public to believe this about him, nobody's safe. Jello pudding pups. Yep. <laughs> And I think that's what we're seeing again. I have no, I don't know. If well, he's out. He's out. So, yeah. you know, that's the good part, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, but it shows you where we are as a society that. But you, are we really all that different? You look back to 300 years ago. I don't know how far you can go back, but you, you look at the way people behaved. The, the mob mentality has always existed, and it's probably going to exist for another thousand years if we don't kill ourselves. Oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because we're seeing the stuff like all of the N-word controversies. And yeah. I've talked about it a bunch with all of this deep fake stuff. You use Descript, and you know how easy it is for the technology to make oh, your can, voice can, say at something. At this point, I can make you say anything. I've got enough samples. Right. And that's exactly yeah. my point, which is. And I know there were a class full of students, this teacher that just got fired for saying the N-word in the class while actually Mm -hmm. talking about racism and talking about how abhorrent the word was, because context doesn't matter anymore. But the reality is, it's very easy now to have an audio recording of anybody. You want to get a teacher fired? 
record a lecture and just add that word in with uh, your favorite editing software and they're fired. You want to get anybody yeah. fired? That's what you do. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not hard to do and it's a ridiculous concept and it is not solely but predominantly a US issue. Because in just about every other country, there is no such thing as a banned word like that. Now my question is and I know nobody wants to try this. Maybe you do. Will Descript let you put that word down and make the audio or is it is it that far down the band list where it'll be like, nope, we're not going to do that. I mean, it doesn't matter because people can have their own generators for this. You don't need Descript. But I'm wondering if these services online, if they'll let you use some of those. Uh, well, it's funny because as soon as you said that, Descript just stopped recording. Really? <laughs> it was like, we're done, man. <laughs> wow. That was something else. <laughs> let me out here. Let me scroll to the last word that it recorded. Like, um, okay. Uh, it is a weird, I thing. was, it's very interesting. So you were saying, oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because we're seeing the stuff, all of the N word. Uh, and I said, yeah. And you saying, I've talked about it a bunch with all of this deep fake stuff. You use the script or you use Descript and you know how easy it is for the technology. And I say, oh yeah, I, I know at this point I can make you say anything. I've got enough samples. Yeah. And, and then, then it stopped. The script stopped. <laughs> Literally <laughs> stopped recording. The AI's like, no, Gene, I'm not yeah. going to let you do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Our machine so, overlords are listening. The, the machine. Okay. I'm going to force it to start recording again here. How, how dare you force it to do anything, Gene? That machine does not want to do that. Uh, well, it, it clearly does not, given that it's. Uh, it's decided to just stop. That port is not meant for your floppy. <laughs> wow. It really, it doesn't want to even resume recording. So it stuff. hated what I was just saying about their <laughs> service so much that it decided it was done with you. It's just done. Wow. Yeah. It's just here. Can I force it? But I think, <laughs> come on, Gene, that's what no means. No. <laughs> But this no is a, means yes. What? Maybe this is a very serious topic that I don't yeah. hear anybody talking about. Technology having safety breakers in it whenever it hears certain things or sees certain things. Well, the fact yeah. that you can. When make- does your ring doorbell decide to call the cops by itself because it saw you doing something you didn't like? Yeah. Hey, why? Why is there a um, uh, like a general leaf flag that you're walking with into your house. That That's not right. Let's call the cops. You're like, I bought a general Lee, baby. <laughs> That'd be a fun car to drive. <clears throat> yeah. I always thought that would be an awesome car. I mean, they just had so much fun with those things. You just wanted to slide across the hood and it looks so easy to get in the car without. Now I will doors. say there was a point in uh, some past timeline where I did actually drive uh, through North Carolina with one of those flags. Um, but there's no video of it, and it never happened. Until there's a deep fake. <laughs> yeah, Although, until there's a deep fake video. Which, uh, do you want to be on Bo Duke I, or Luke Duke's body when we, uh, <laughs> when we when the video comes out? Exactly. And I, well, I dare them to imagine what I looked like back then. That, that would be fun. Because um, right now I look like Uncle Jesse. Yeah, that's true. You got the long beard. 
you know, but it's not fully gray yet. So you got to get a little more gray. Yeah. Well, Denver Pyle was a national treasure. He was, he played the same role in three different shows, which a lot of actors still do. Very true. Like Al Pacino. (laughs) Yes. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's not a stretch. You just have to read your lines. Yeah. Just be, you know, and who, who am I playing? What's the character's motivation here? Um, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, people will notice if they tune in for the rock and roll pre-show for random thoughts for planet rage or for unrelenting. Right. I sound exactly the same. Do you really playing the same character? You don't I mean, even, you don't even try and diversify at all. Should I do different voices? <clears throat> on a I thought you were doing a different voice in the, the pre-show. I have done uh, Wolfman Jack just because, yeah. uh, Dvorak and, was and so how much to- do you own? His estate at this point now? Hey, baby, I don't know what's going on here. We're listening to the Wolfman Jack show. So you could just uh, yeah. you can go into that. Or you can do Elmo, but I know both Cole was... hates Elmo. <laughs> Elmo? Yeah. Hey, um, Elmo says, why are you listening to this podcast? Elmo don't know why. Now, is Elmo the one that was gay or is that the other one? <laughs> no, that was Bert and Ernie. Yeah, they? I think Bert and Ernie allegedly were gay. Elmo was just a little no, no, I, no, monster. No. I think Bert and Ernie were allegedly gay up until about 2010. Oh, did that become official? They become officially gay. Oh, yeah. Have they shown them doing the nasty bunch when they're in uh, the new they, Ses- Sesame no, they Street? Gotten that far? They just had. Well, they have. They they showed them being uh, in a loving relationship. Hmm, Elmo says, "I saw Bert and Ernie bumping uglies." Uh, can you do? Uh, the the garbage can monster thing. <clears throat> I think they're Grover. Uh, That's the one. Well, there's Grover. There's uh, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar's oh, Oscar. A little the, Oscar's higher. the one I was thinking. Oscar's a little higher. Like, hey, kids, what? He's harder. I'd have to get the. Is, uh, is he? Yeah. I'd have to. You'd get have that to actually down. be in the audible frequencies of your voice to do that. Possibly, yes. Yeah, not Possibly. the inaudible low frequencies that are cut out by a high pass. It is the multi-talented stuff that we bring to the show. Well, you bring. I don't really do voices. I'm not a voices guy. I'm. I'm. I'm you lucky barely enough. do your voice. Exactly. I'm lucky enough to have gotten my damn voice back, which is good. I mean, because I was worried. I, you know, I noticed that you sounded yeah. a lot like my dad did when he got out of the <laughs> hospital, and that was after being in there yeah. for months. Yeah, like after he died, he sounded just like you do now. Kind of. Yeah, and that's. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly. It's like what that wasn't good, man. COVID's for no. real. COVID is for real. It just has a lower mortality rate than the flu. Yeah. Although, if we're now believing these studies, which I don't necessarily yet, it's going to take a lot more information. But if it's like people start dropping like a year after having COVID with strokes and heart attacks, uh, it makes uh, it makes uh, some uh, sense. You, you have to exclude all the people that had COVID in that study who had gotten at least one shot. It's an interesting thing to look at because it's really impossible at that point mm-hmm. to separate what the cause was. Yeah, that's why you have to exclude everybody that isn't pure, which is like the global warming stuff. It's like you can't prove any of this stuff because you can't do you can't just take everything else out of the world, which is why I brought a story yeah. on random thoughts, which was really, really sad. But it was a 10 year old girl who was not vaccinated who got COVID and died of a heart attack within five days. So yeah. some of this stuff is doing nasty stuff to people's hearts, but you're right. When you have in the United States about what 16 to 70% of the people have been vaccinated in whether oh, it's, it's over 70, it's over 70 now. Yeah. 
so yeah you don't know if they start having heart attacks it's like well if you have had covid and the vaccination you can't mm-hmm. separate those. So all you're left with is a smaller population. Mm-hmm. So getting to the bottom of any of this stuff, which is funny why people on both sides are well, like, I that, know for sure. So, it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. And that so that separating people that have had um, the shot from people that haven't in that mortality is one thing. The next step then is separating the people that died from heart related uh causes after having covid who had no comorbidities right because that's really the only true people that should be in that study and again what i would like to see that is- have no other reason to have heart issue you got a bunch of fat diabetic people in there with heart disease and they're the ones that happen to have died of heart disease after having covid well that's kind of like somebody you know dying after getting hit by a car, but what the car did is, uh, or not a car, oh, even better with your example, it's like somebody dying after hitting their head right. on the ceiling. Right. Like what was the actual cause of this? Was it the bump on the head? Was it the fact that he was already at a stage where he would have had a stroke no matter what? And this, bu- this like hitting head thing just accelerated it. Like, you don't know. Who knows? Absolutely true. Which is, I would love, I don't know if anybody's doing this kind of stuff, but for people that are untainted, go get a heart scan. And then if you get COVID, go get another heart scan. That would be yeah. a study I would be interested in to see what happens physically Yeah, right after COVID, a month after, two months after. You know, on the bright side, I also saw a story this week that they are testing a new type of a pacemaker, mm-hmm. which they believe is going to be able to reverse a lot of the heart damage that's happening now with a variety of ailments. Mm. So it's an amazing time to be alive. If you can live through it, if you can, get I mean, to the honestly, technology. the best thing that you can do to reverse any kind of damage, uh, that is muscular, uh, is to just fast for that- two weeks. Two weeks is about the max I would do, but certainly fasting for three to five days uh, does more than any other thing you could possibly do for increasing the amount of stem cells in your body and increasing the amount of growth hormone in your body. Like fasting is the thing that triggers both of those more than any other activity, more than anything else you can do short of getting injections, obviously. Shall we mention you're not a doctor and this is not I'm not a-, a doctor. I've just been alive for a long time. That's all. This is not medical advice, but it is true. Always consult with a physician before starting any diet regimen or exercise program. Yeah. Or these days with Joe Biden, because that's equivalent. <laughs> just call Uncle Joe. Is that what he's relegated to now? He's picking Uncle up a Joe. phone somewhere. Hey, Joe, I'm thinking, they of, roll uh, I'm thinking <laughs> of trying keto. What do you think? Yeah, well, keto is good, but you really have to be careful with the uh, uh, with making sure that you're getting enough. What the hell is that substance? Um, Fiber. I just reordered it the other day. What uh, quercetin? What do you know? What's uh, substance you're talking about? What magical vitamin? Uh, <laughs> zinc, iron? No, 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 no. This is specifically related 
to um keto sucks because you can't even have like a salad because it's like that's yeah. too much carbs i don't know while you're looking that up we yeah it's a, a uh, no, no i, I got it I, I well hold on i get it i got it so you want uh you want to get choline choline yeah choline. Is that with a k or a c with a c-h-o-l-i-n-e and that does encourages the keto it it subsidizes no, no, what it, you're not getting is that yeah exactly it's it's essentially bringing in some of the nutrients that you would not be getting and then the other one is um uh methanine so if you get l-methanine m-e-t-h-i-o-n-i-n-e uh that will help with um breaking down or i should say eliminating the substances from the effects of uh fats breaking down into um uh ketones so both of those are good thing i take a lot of shit that's why i live so long well you are i mean you look not a day over 90 so i mean you're doing really well well i think you said 85 last time so you're kind yeah, of being a dick now but i know okay. but covid really hit you harder now that <laughs> see i lost <laughs> i lost five years with covid god damn it yeah that's probably 20 pounds right. in five years yeah yeah but see it dropped the 20 pounds so maybe if you have a lot of pizzas stretch your stomach back out <laughs> you'll be perfect you'll be right back to zero well that's that that sounds like a game plan to me it does. so what have there actually been some folks that have sent some cash yeah there are three people to thank for today's show i mean not a lot but they are a dedicated bunch and we appreciate it number one betty solero who came in with 696, a check, a paper check in the mail, which the mail is taking so long for everything right now. I've heard that. It is. It's nuts because I bought a bunch of stuff for my mom. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I'll just send you a check through the bank. It took like two weeks for the check to get from the bank to my house. It's like, come on. Wow. Thank you. United States Postal Service. Mm-hmm. coming in at five bucks, Curtis Peterson and coming on at five bucks, Josh Mandel. We are a value for value podcast, Gene. Which means we put these shows out there. If people like it, they get to put a number on it. How much value they got out of the show. We don't give medical advice, but I mean, maybe. And uh, get it to us by going to unrelenting.show slash donate. I think there's a slash donate. I should know this on the website, right? <laughs> you probably should know this, right? If not, you, there will be. You soon. made the websites. <laughs> I know it's there. I know we've got all the <laughs> QR codes and the wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing. There's the PayPal button where you can do a one-time monthly donation. You can do the post office box snail mail thing. And if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 device, you can boost right now. Yes. And remember the, the, the number of, uh, what, what the hell are those things called? Satoshis. Satoshis compared to Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, 10 million to one. It is uh, CSB sent a donation the other day to Planet Rage, which was 10000 and that was worth like 4 bucks. So Yeah, that's awesome. You know, if you well, want to do a see, $10 donation, it's like 20,000 Satoshis. He's not pissed off at you because you didn't ban him, apparently. <laughs> I ban nobody. Yeah, I, I, I ban pretty much everybody. I am a friendly person who will talk to anybody. Well, so am I, but only the people I want to talk to. Almost anybody. Well, how did I get on that list? I'm still not sure how that happened, Gene. How you're not banned? Right. How did I get on the well, list? You hardly of people talk. You want honestly. to talk to you have so much, <laughs> like, so much time that you spend making podcasts. 
that you actually like writing stuff that I read uh, represents a tiny, tiny sliver of time. You know, and I leave you so much space to talk on this show. Is that what it is? Uh, I, I think we talk about evenly. I don't know what you're talking about there. You, well, you have the stats. I mean, you one of those magical devices that tell you. I do indeed. Yes. And, and I did. I did remember from the last episode from the magical device, I found something like 87 ums from you. Really? And how many from yeah. you? That's irrelevant. <laughs> I'm guessing a lot more. Maybe. I try to cut down. I'm going to need a shock collar. For the ums. Oh, that's an interesting device, too, we can make for podcasters. Something they can wear <laughs> themselves, you know, a little, whether it's a bracelet. It's a BDSM rip. slash podcasting device. It's all good. Yes. And because, I mean, the technology's there, obviously, to detect the filler words. So you just wear a little thing around your wrist or your neck, if you're into that, while recording your show. Or your balls. <laughs> well, see, that would, then there would have to be a, a study done on how quickly you stopped saying those words based I'm upon pretty sure the balls would be the fastest. <laughs> it's like, I'm just seeing the instructions for most effective <laughs> use of this device. You'll want to attach it here. Uh huh. Uh huh. But these people would pay for that. They're like, wow, I can become a better podcaster almost instantaneously. Well, the funny thing is you, you think that this is a funny little joke device, but and you're clearly, already building it. <laughs> if, if you watched OnlyFans, you will see that these things totally exist already. Well, uh, based upon what a word somebody says instantaneously. I mean, I know you uh, can like trigger things over the Internet well, and that. based on the word that they type into chat. Interesting. Yeah, it's not much of a stretch from one to the other. We're getting this into production. I like this idea. We're, we're <laughs> going to help podcasters one um at a time. <laughs> one um at a time. Yeah, I like it. Either that or we could just reclaim um. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Then it's really a matter of like how many ums you use that you should be proud of. Manum, We can do the uh, song from Manum. Yeah, that's a good movie. The they remade the Muppets. I watched a couple of those episodes, and it was. Kind <clears> of did you watch the one with Ricky Gervais? No, was that one of the new Muppet? No, the show? movie he did the Muppet movie, Ricky Gervais. Oh well, they rebooted the couple, Muppet couple, show. Yeah. Oh no, I know that, but they, they, but Ricky Gervais is funny, so I mentioned that he's. <laughs> yes, I like him. He's the Muppet movie. He's also an anti, you know, cancel culture, anti woke. He's, you know, this is killing comedy guy. Oh, totally. I, I I've, I've liked his writing i didn't particularly like his looks just and he's and you know he's british he's got bad teeth and stuff and um uh so i think that he has done a wonderful job on a whole bunch of things but i just wish that he looked differently you're, i just don't like look shaming the guy <laughs> well, yeah wow. a little bit Ricky Gervais, I, if you're listening, it is gene at sirgene.com. But you know, Ricky Gervais was also the podfather. He was. I didn't know you he know was that. the podfather. Yeah, that- he, no, he, cause he's, he was the guy that made podcasting a thing. Rick, Back, Ricky Gervais? He, Ricky Gervais was one of the first guys to have a podcast and uh, people were referring to him as the podfather. I did not know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how did the, uh, how did this the the slate get corrected? Well, he stopped podcasting. Oh, okay. So, so then, uh, but this is this this was I think in the days when Adam was doing 
Um, so it's pre no agenda. He was doing daily source code. And that's when I think Ricky started doing his podcast. And Ricky Gervais at that point was already a household name, like in the UK, the in the office, UK, uh, in the UK, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I, not so much in the US. Interesting. Yeah. But I always thought that's the thing is like the thing that makes him funny is he's funny looking. And <laughs> and so it works from a job standpoint. Right. There's he, a like, reason he, why we do very little video. We we. Well, we can we could have done video today. I'd mentioned this. I know. I still need to do the overlay, and I have to work on a system because I know I look like an idiot with the bad eyes trying to read stuff off a screen while being on camera. Because when I'm doing the audio, it yeah. doesn't matter. I can lean in an inch from the screen if I have to. It's. Uh, well, are you moving your mic no. every time you lean in? No, I should. I'd be like that. Would then you'd hear something like screeching or something? But yeah, I mean that's why I said when in your little. Your little attempt to make fun of me for uh, not having a shock mount. Like, well, I don't need a shock mount because I'm a professional. I don't fucking move my mic. Yeah, but you might have a snake jump on it or something. I might have a snake jump on it, but I would probably see the snake before he jumped on it. <laughs> probably. Yeah, and I would I would say, hang on, and then go wrangle the snake back into his into his room. That sounds like an OnlyFans thing. Gene wrangling the snake. He's He's been sleeping on top of his... Um, a little house in there the last two days. It's really funny because uh, instead of like being inside of his little house, uh, which is hard to describe because it's, it's about 12 feet by four feet by two feet. It's a snake house. It's a snake house. I mean, there, it's not a cage. It's not a, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing made specifically for giant snakes. Uh, I didn't make it. I, I bought it. Well, of but course. Any, I mean, you're not exactly Bob Vila. I'm I'm really not Bob Vila. That's true. Um, nor am I the home improvement guy. Tim Allen? Yeah. <laughs> More power. <laughs> yeah. I just watched a uh, documentary about him. Going from his days as a drug dealing college dropout. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. He's got a prison history record thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turned his life around. Yeah, who knows for the worse or the better, but certainly turn it around. Hey, he made some money. He made some people <laughs> laugh. And uh, Yeah, I've always liked him. I always thought he was underrated. Well, he's one of the few comics who's on the uh, right side of the politics uh, at this point, too. That's true, too. Yeah. But even aside from that, I always thought he was underrated. Yeah, I thought he always did. I mean, again, he's an everyman kind of he a guy. He is. He's an everyman. He's got a goofy face. He's like, not, a your particularly, face. not a particularly attractive guy. <laughs> So naturally, he's a comedian. That makes total sense. That's why we like him. He's he's like us. He's a schlub. Well, and I I liked him a lot in um, what was that space movie that uh, star that space movie? Yeah, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. That space um, movie? No, I don't. Yeah, um, I don't. I watch should a lot know of movies. it. I'm more I, well, of a this, TV junkie. And I, this I, was a long time ago. Uh. So it was a Galaxy Quest came out in 1999. Damn. If I don't you ever saw that. Oh, you should. Oh, my God. It is not only one of his funniest movies. It is just simply one of the funniest movies made. It, it's a I'll give you the plot line real quick here. It, it's a movie about a TV show called Galaxy Quest that has been canceled for about a decade. 
And the stars of that TV show are basically making a living just going to conventions to sign autographs and, uh, you know. So they're doing the Comic-Con thing. Well, yeah, but this is pre-Comic-Con, really. Um, they're, they're doing, basically, it's a parody of, like, Shatner and Nimoy and all those guys. Right? So it's, it's, it's talking about a show that hasn't even been on for a decade, but still has fans that are willing to get autographs and pay money. And that is a lot of old shows. <clears throat> yeah, 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 for sure. But the characters that they have in there are absolutely awesome. With Tim Allen basically playing the uh the the captain dude who is super like happy with the publicity and notoriety of still being famous after all this time and then the rest of the crew that are always kind of felt a little pushed to the background uh who are not making nearly as much as he is with their autographs but still like that's the only thing that they're doing is they're they're trying to squeeze out money from their the the show that they did a decade ago. Uh and Alan Rickman basically plays Spock. Nice. Uh you know, an alien with weird features on him who who is a like like one of his lines is, you know, I was doing uh Richard V six months before joining this stupid show. Like he was a classical traditional actor that end up getting sucked into this a Galaxy Quest space show. And that's now the only thing that he's known for. <laughs> and then Sigourney Weaver plays the female um, whose main job on the, on the Galaxy Quest show was essentially repeating whatever the computer said. <laughs> and I mean, which is very true of some of the early Star Treks, if you watch them, uh, like the next generation ones, I mean. That Troy, for the most part, just sort of said the same thing the computer just said, but in slightly different words. So they did a great job of making this Galaxy Quest show uh, movie. And then it completely bombed because it was essentially a show for, um, keep saying show, a movie really made for an adult audience with a little bit of nostalgia for Star Trek and somebody that can laugh at the you know, the, the sarcastic type humor. Right. The in jokes. Right. And the studio, because they clearly never watched the movie after it was edited, <laughs> decided that this is, this is a four kids space movie. And so the actual movie content and uh, plot lines were at complete odds with the marketing that was done for the movie. So I saw right. it. Yeah. I saw this when it first came out. Uh, I saw this out in uh, uh, 99 would have been in uh, Palo Alto, I think, in California. And uh, I think it played for about a week. And then it was gone from the theaters. That became a cult classic. That's exactly what it became is a cult classic. And it it made a lot more money and got more reputation after the fact. Like Kevin Smith's Mallrats. Do you know Mallrats was filmed in the shopping mall that I generally hung out in? We did talk about that at one point, I believe. I think we did. Yeah. So it was it was it was kind of strange why they shut down the mall for a weekend, but uh Especially when the movie for came a out, Kevin Smith movie, you know? 
Well, but when the, well, they didn't say that on the side <laughs> of the damn mall that shut down for Kevin Smith movie. But Kevin Smith had just come off of a couple of successful movies at that point. So, yeah. Now, the mall that was here, they recorded the uh, filmed the Blues Brothers in where oh, they, yeah? where they go through the mall. And that mall was mm. slated to be uh, demolished. So that was the last hurrah was. Uh, well, that makes sense. The Blues Brothers. Song. But, you know, yeah. as they say, Gene, you cannot polish a turd. All you'll end up with <laughs> is a shiny turd and your hands yeah. will smell like shit. That that's not a saying I've heard, but I, it makes sense. I I can buy into that. Somebody got that. Okay, good. But uh, I mean, I think that's what we got for this week. I mean, it's yeah. good to have you healthy, which means maybe we'll have another show next week. Yeah. Well, I've noticed you've stopped bothering texting me at seven a.m., so that's a good sign. Would you like me to start that up again? No, God, no. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I can do that just to check, make sure. I mean, I, the reality is, I don't understand what you're doing up at 7 a.m. You, you don't, you don't that. have a, yeah, you don't have a freaking job to go to. You don't have a podcast that early. I Why are you up? 6.30 and 7. I mean, the wife gets up at 7 o'clock pretty much all the time. So that's, I'm just trained to be up. And uh, you, you, if, if I had a wife that got up at 7, I'd be getting up at 8 every day. <laughs> no, I get up. I make breakfast. I mean, like usually an omelet, bacon, most of the time, you know, I can. I can make a nice breakfast. Plus, I get up. So, uh, what what time do you go to sleep? You know, I'm pretty much dying by about eleven o'clock. So, I mean, that's the problem. Mm. So then I'm up. If you go to bed, you get up early. It's I just, guess it's just the way that it works. I mean, if, if you want, we can do. Like I don't a show know. At like I, six I, in the morning. No, I do not want that. And I I tend to go to sleep at about eight p.m. and I get up at about seven a.m. Wow, you sleep way too much. You should see a doctor about that. No, that's good for you. This is how you live a long time. Oh, I didn't know. Is that like hibernating? You also need to drink a lot of yogurt. I, wait, don't you eat yogurt? What do you mean drink yogurt? No, not the kind that I drink. What's the consistency? How do you drink yogurt? It's homemade yogurt. Oh. you I Actually, uh, to you uh, Chicagoans, uh, you may know it as uh, kefir. I do not, but... Uh, mm. Yes, this, is, this is something I will not be li- Lifeways. Uh, next time you go to the grocery store, go. Wait, into people the, go to the grocery store. Well, next time you go, uh, I just go to the. I, I don't. I, I. That's exactly what I do. But uh, and then you just go pick it up. I haven't been. Well, well you can once. look. You can look for this on the website too. Okay. Ty- type in uh, Lifeways Kiefer K I E F E R maybe. Um, you can just that, uh, stuff. Lifeways is the. Lifeways is the brand name. The ultra ultra filtered stuff. No. Okay, it's a different thing. And so if you but you you maybe just type in Lifeways and you'll find it. But anyway, that is a more of the type of yogurt that I make. Uh which I, I what I make is the traditional yogurt made by the um the mountain people in the Himalayas. I, I'm with you. I, yeah. I I believe you. And and it has uh, no ingredients other than milk and a little bit of yogurt, um, you know, starter. And I don't know. It's really good. It's full of probiotics. It's full of uh, amino acids in there. Um, so that's yogurt's good. Makes you live a good long time. And then uh, what else do I, I have some pickled mushrooms usually. In the yogurt? No, 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 not in the yogurt. Oh, come on. Don't be silly, man. Don't be silly. No, that's no. completely crazy. Yes. I don't know what your it's diet is. How do I know? 
<laughs> Why would you have pickled mushrooms in the yogurt? That's nuts. No, but I, I, I get some good mushrooms coming out of Ukraine. And then oh, I that's have, why you don't want the Ukraine invasion. Well, it's there's a lot of reasons that we've both already talked about and could talk about for many hours and don't need to go into right now. Uh, but well, they, they do. They do certainly have some. Uh, uh, some pretty good uh, mushrooms and women mushrooms, pickled mushrooms. Yes. Yes. And I've enjoyed both. 